0: What do you think of when you hear the word freedom? Obviously, this time of year, it goes to political and personal freedoms, and rightly so. But I think many people in our culture do not fully understand where freedom originates and really understand what Jesus said about bondage, And about freedom. When you mention the word freedom to most people today, they think of it as the ability to do anything they want to do whenever they want to do it. And in many cases, however they want to do it. They see freedom as a complete separation from all limitations, from all requirements, and from all boundaries. That's how most people look at freedom. In other words, I am free to do whatever I want to do, whenever I want to do it, however I want to do it. There is that sense of definition in the minds of many people who live today. They want to go where they want to go. They want to eat what they want to eat. And they want to say whatever comes to mind. This, this kind of mentality shows up early in life. Sometimes it is just a shaking of the head of a young child or when a mother or father picks up their child to take them from point A to point B. The stiffening of the legs or the jerk, You know what I'm talking about, don't you? They are rejecting the boundaries. They are because they want to be free, not knowing that the type of freedom they want is actually very dangerous to their life. The mind, the human mind is an amazing thing. As I thought about freedom and as I thought about this this past week, uh, I thought about something that happened to me 48 years ago. Uh, On Thursday, June the 9th of this year, I went back to my high school, North Idle High School up uh, up in Olin, North Carolina. Uh, where I graduated in 1974. A dear friend of mine who teaches up there and coach basketball retired and invited me to come back. That was on my bucket list to go back to my high school. And uh, as you get older, the bucket gets bigger. At, At one point, the bucket seemed like it's a thimble, but as you get older, it looks like a tin tub. So I figured I better go take care of that while I could. But as I walked around the back of D building, I saw the uh, high school graduates were there, the class of 22, they were there practicing their graduation just like I did 48 years ago, sitting in the same place on the football field, practicing their graduation. And all of a sudden, this feeling of freedom come over me. Just, I, I mean, I'm just standing there, I almost laughed. I just felt so free again. You say, freedom from what? Freedom from having to get up that next Monday and go to high school and I still enjoy that freedom. I really do. I remember how it felt that night, just thinking, I'm done with this. I don't ever have to come back here again. And I still felt that. Now, that's just a personal, trivial freedom. We celebrate political freedoms, being set free from tyrannies and governments and things that dominate us. And men celebrate that, not only in our nation, but in other nations. I think there's a place to celebrate personal freedoms. There's a place to celebrate political freedoms. But in our text this morning from John 8, 31 through 36, Jesus is not talking about political freedom, nor is He talking about personal freedom and personal liberties to live and do as you want to do in life. He is talking about something far more necessary and something far more valuable. He's talking about the true freedom that comes Whenever Jesus in His saving grace and mercy separates us free and liberates us from our bondage to sin and our servitude to sinfulness in which we all at one time lived. Why is Jesus talking like this? Because to truly understand and appreciate other freedoms you have to first of all appreciate the freedom that is offered in Christ for the liberation of your soul from the bondage of sin and the wrath of God and eternal damnation. Political freedoms and personal freedoms, those all have their limits and they will will fade with time. But the one who knows freedom in Christ will enjoy that forever. Jesus said in our text to to these descendants, these Jews, He said in verse 32 that you shall know the truth. Jesus said, I am come to tell you the truth and the truth shall make you free. He is saying, when you know me, he said, then you will know what true freedom really is. Jesus began this address back up in verse 12 of John chapter 8 where he claimed to be the light of the world. And that is followed by a series of contrasts that Jesus gives in this 8th chapter of John. The 8th chapter of John is a, a records some of the greatest things that Jesus ever said. And he claimed to be the light of of the world. He claimed to possess perfect knowledge of everything and he claimed that he was qualified to speak on every subject in this chapter. John tells us in verse 30 of chapter 8 as a result of what Jesus was saying that many believed on him. Now before you rejoice and go crazy and think hey all of these people truly got saved the story will continue in verse 31 It's a shallow belief at best, superficial belief at best. And in our text this morning in verse 31 through 36, Jesus now turns and addresses those who in verse 30 believed on Him. It says in verse 31, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on Him. They heard Him say that He was the light of the world. They heard Him say that He taught with authority. They heard all of that and they believed. But now Jesus turns to them and begins to address them personally, these people that have claimed to believe upon Him. And He makes several important claims about Himself and who He was. In fact, He says in verse 46 of John chapter 8, Which of you convinceth me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do ye not believe me? He claimed to be perfect. He said, which of you listening to me can accuse me of sin? Jesus said, I am the perfect son of God sent down from heaven. So he claimed to be perfect. Also in verse 58 of John chapter 8, he claimed to come from divine origin. Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. They are issuing the case before Jesus. We are the sons of Abraham. We're descendants of Abraham. We're in bondage to nobody. We're no man's slave because we are blood relatives of Abraham. To which Jesus responded, Okay. But I want you to know you're talking to one and listening to one who was here before Abraham. He claimed not only divine origin, but he claimed absolute perfection. And then in verse 32 of the heart of our text this morning, he made a third claim. And that was that he and he alone could offer men freedom from the bondage and the chains and the slavery of sin it is my honor this morning has been for the past four decades soon be five decades it is my honor and my privilege to be able to tell a world to tell you to tell anyone that is listening to me preach the word of God this morning that Jesus Christ Jesus Christ is the only one that can offer freedom and offer liberation and offer release from the bondage and the penalty of sin there is no one else there is no other way, there is no other system, there is no other strategy there is no other formula for the release and freedom from sin but to trust in Jesus Christ and Christ alone and Jesus said that to these Jews, the issue here is one of liberty, the issue here is one of freedom and the people to whom Jesus is speaking they are in prison, they are enslaved and, enslaved and they don't even know it Freedom is a beautiful word. Liberty is a beautiful word. We speak of it. Liberty, justice for all in our pledge. We sing about the land of the free and the home of the brave in regard to political and personal things. But what Jesus is teaching, what Jesus is preaching is a genuine, real freedom that will release a man from the bondage of eternal damnation and give him the promise of eternal life. Look at verse 33. Two aspects of this message this morning. Number one, look at the problem of bondage. Look at the problem or the issue of bondage in verse 33. After Jesus said in verse 32, You will know the truth and the truth will make you free. The problem is these descendants of Abraham, they said we were never in bondage to any man. And they have the audacity to look back at Jesus and say to Him, How can you say then that you're going to make us free? How can you make us free when we're convinced that we're not in bondage and never have been in bondage to anybody, anywhere, anytime? You see, their problem is they never saw their bondage. They never saw their slavery. They never recognized their slavery. Thus is the problem with the gospel, the very superficial gospel that is being preached across our land this day where you just ask Jesus into your heart and you're not required to ever admit or see that you are in slavery to sin. Friend, freedom is worth absolutely nothing if you're not in bondage. Freedom is worth nothing if you're not in slavery. The reason freedom in Christ is worth rejoicing in and singing about is because we were in chains and we were in bondage. But thank God He set us free and He made us free. But the problem is men by nature will not recognize nor will they admit nor will they confess their spiritual bondage. Most men are about 70 or 80% well. They need Jesus to come in and make up the other 20. Let me tell you this. You're not 30% good. You're not 25, 80% good. Isaiah penned it right. All, all of our righteousness says, plural, put all of our righteousnesses together and we are as filthy rags in the sight of God. There is none, N-O-N-E, there is none that doeth good, no, not one. Jesus said to these descendants of Abraham, I have come, I am the truth, and I've come to make you free. And they said back to him, Free? Hey, we're, the, we're Abraham's descendants. We're not in slavery. We don't need your freedom because we're not in bondage. Who needs the gospel? Who needs to be set free? Who needs the truth? Thank God the sinner who understands by the word of God that he's in bondage and that he's in chains and that he can't break them on his own and that he can't come out of that on his own. That's the individual who needs the freedom in Jesus Christ. Our text this morning here Is Jesus presenting to us the problem of bondage? Now, not only did the Jews misunderstand what Christ had just said, but they were deceiving themselves. Because at the very moment, Christ said that to them, and they said this. Now, those of you who have been in Sunday school, and those of you that have read your Bible, you read this, and you know this statement's not right when they said, We be Abraham's seed, and we're never in bondage to any man. And knowing that most Jews in Jesus' day as well as true Jews in our day know the Old Testament, they're deceiving themselves. Because if you take your Bible and you look at your Bible from about right here till about right here, is talking about the bondage of the Jewish people and the slavery of the Jewish people. If you know Old Testament history, Jews were slaves in Egypt. Jews were slaves in Babylon. Jews were slaves in different periods under the domination, especially in the book of Judges and Samuel, under the Philistines. And as these very descendants of Abraham say these words to Jesus in verse 33... Roman soldiers are walking by them and probably could have heard what they said as the city of Jerusalem itself is under the control of the Roman government. They not only are misunderstanding what Jesus is saying, but they are deceiving themselves when they say that they have been in bondage to no man If you're listening to me this morning and you have never confessed and admitted that you are a sinner separated from God, that you are in the chains of sin, that you are bound for God's wrath for all eternity, don't deceive yourself. The greatest deception is when a man deceives himself and thinks that he's free and all he needs is for the Lord to give him a little light and make him freer. No, brother. Listen what the psalmist said. He said, God brought me out of what? A horrible pit out of the miry clay we were in chains of sin and only Christ can give us freedom and give us liberty the problem is an unrecognized bondage what was true of the Jews in Jesus' day is true of many today we're we're proud Americans and in many cases so proud that we won't admit our bondage to sin look at verse 34 of John 8 Jesus said in our text, below our text, Whosoever committeth sin, Jesus said, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. Verse 34, I think I said 38. Verse 34 of chapter 8, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. People will not accept the truth of their condition. If you suggest to someone today that they're in spiritual bondage, they usually resist that idea. Preacher, I'm not in bondage. I, I, you know, I can drink or not drink. I can cuss or not cuss. I can do this or not do that. And they don't ever carry it on. But really what they're saying is, is I can go to heaven or not go to heaven. I can live for God or not go live for God. They're, they're in control of their life. Thus they become sovereign in their salvation. There's no biblical salvation in which man is sovereign. Biblical salvation is the work of Almighty God. We're in bondage. There are no chains that you can break off yourself. The bondage of sin can only be broken by the power of Jesus Christ and His atoning word. Do you see your spiritual slavery? Have you ever seen your spiritual slavery? Do you understand that as a sinner that you are in spiritual bondage? Don't be like the proud Jews. Don't say, well, I was raised in the Bible belt. I don't really need to be made free. I just need a little help in some of the weak areas in my life. No, you need to be set free. Do you know the greatest freedom and liberty there is on earth is to be free from the bondage of sin? Jesus came to liberate us from the chains. He came to liberate us from the shackles of sin. And do you know where this bondage, do you know where this bondage that the Jews mentioned here? They said in verse 33, we be Abraham's seed and were never in bondage. That's, look at that word bondage. We were never in bondage. Or we, were, we were never enslaved to any man. Do you know where this bondage manifests itself the most? Now, we've been trained in church to think that when we see some young person on drugs Yeah, that's the slavery. That's the bondage of sin when somebody's on drugs. Or we see, we drive home today and see somebody here that's had a night of alcohol and they'll be laying here somewhere in our city uh, half passed out and we look at them and say, oh, they're under the chains and the bondage of sin. Or we turn on the news and see a a, a very decent-looking normal man who's been arrested for pornography, and we say, "Oh yeah, he—the chains of sin got him, and he was enslaved, and he needs to be set free." Or, or people, uh, people commit immorality, or, or sins against children, and and we look at that and say, "Oh, those are the, those are the chains, and those are the bondage of sin." Certainly, they represent a portion of it. But I want you to understand this, this bondage, this slavery that you and I are in this morning, it manifests itself the greatest in our inability to believe the gospel on our own without the intervention of God. That is the manifestation of the type bondage that we are in. Every child sitting on their mother's lap, every young person sitting in this building today who have never yet been saved, They do not have the ability in and of themselves to get up and come to Christ on their own. Not until the regenerating work of the Spirit of the living God not until the word of God the incorruptible seed pricks their heart and shows them their bondage will they ever come to Jesus Christ this bondage manifests itself most greatly in the average ordinary life a man who may have never looked at pornography may have never snorted cocaine may have never committed adultery may have never said a cuss word just in the fact that he cannot save himself that is the greatest bondage there is in this world. Good news. Christ came to make you free. He came to give you life and life more abundantly. I'm preaching about what Jesus said about freedom. John 6, 44. No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him i have preached what i just preached to you and had certain preachers respond that's just brother rick's opinion so i quoted jesus john 6:44 no man the descendants of abraham or my descendants or me no man can come to me except the father draw him. No one gets the chains broken off. No one has the shackles of sin released until God the Father through Jesus Christ draws that sinner to the saving grace of God. Christ said if I be lifted up that's not you standing in a service with your hands raised that's praise Christ said if I be lifted up. I've heard preachers preach that and say everybody get on your feet and shout because the Bible said if the Lord would be, if you'd lift up Jesus people would come to Christ. That's not what that text means. Jesus said if I be lifted up, meaning if I be lifted up to Calvary, if I be lifted up on the cross, then I will draw all men unto me. Thank God for the liberty that we have in Christ. Jesus, the problem of bondage. But look secondly at the at the privilege and the person of freedom. Freedom is a person. Pri- freedom is not a principle. It's not by itself. But it's a person. And that person is Jesus. Verse 31, 32 again. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if ye continue, notice, in my word, then are ye... My disciples. And if you stay in my word. Then verse 32. You will know the truth. Obviously if you are in the word of God. You are going to know the truth. And the truth which you get from the word of God. That's what will make you free. Or some translations say set you free. But it will make you free. You will know freedom whenever you know me. And Jesus said if you want to know me. You have got to know my word. And that's the whole problem in the gospels. Especially with the Jewish nation is they thought they knew the Word of God, but the Word of God incarnate was standing right in front of them. And Jesus said, you've heard it said, but I say this. And they were unwilling to confess that He Himself was the liberation and the freedom that they desperately needed. Here is the truth about freedom. Look at verse 36. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. It means Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is the only one who has the authority, the power, the love, the mercy, the grace, and the compassion to set you free from sin. And if He frees you from bondage, thank God you're free indeed, or you are certainly, truly free. Free like how, preacher? Free like Jesus said. Not free to live how you want to live and do your own thing and, and no boundaries and no limitations. Not a freedom like I felt at a high school graduation. Not a freedom like we feel when we're in a patriotic service. Not, not that kind of freedom, but a freedom that is based on truth. It has nothing to do with how you feel about Christ. It has to do with what Christ said about you now that you have trusted in Him. The choir sang about heaven a while ago. I'm going there. Not because I feel like it. Sometimes I don't feel like I'm going there. I'm going there because truth declares that we are. I'm saved this morning. Not because I feel like I'm saved. I've never heard anybody in scripture discuss exactly how that's supposed to feel. But I'm going there because of the truth of the word of God because of what Jesus said and that's what he's saying to these believing Jews who on the surface are confessing their belief but down deeper he is saying until you confess your bondage to sin he said you will never enjoy the freedom that's in Christ Jesus here's the order here's how it has to work To enjoy the freedom. Number one in verse 31, freedom from sin means you have to continue in God's Word. When you abide in the Word of God, you become a disciple or a learner. And Jesus said, if you continue to learn my Word, you continue to learn truth. He said that's going to continue to liberate you. The more you know about the Word of God, the greater the freedom you have in Christ. And the more you learn, the greater you will enjoy that freedom. If you become a disciple of truth, then further possibilities of truth being opened up to you. I, it breaks my heart today that, that, that the heart of Christianity, right here in the Bible Belt, right here in Caldwell County, in most people's lives is, they just want to get back to something they had 30 years ago and just stay there until Jesus comes. Do you hear what Jesus is saying here in Verse 31. If you're in me and you start in my word and continue in my word, you're just going to have further and further truth revealed about me and about the freedom you have from sin. This ain't about hanging around at an old place all of our life. This is about living and walking and growing and loving and becoming more like Him. That's what freedom is all about. Secondly, freedom from sin means in verse 32 that you know the truth. When you continue in the Word of God, you're going to know the truth. Because that's all you're going to get out of the Word of God is truth. When you're His disciples, you abide in that truth. We're not talking about scientific truth, historical truth. But truth about spiritual things. Such as our sinful nature. About the nature of God. About the way of salvation. We're going to learn those things. Children sitting in here today, they act the way they act because they are who they are. But they don't know anything about that. At some point in life, they will understand why they say bad words and act ugly and do things. Mom and dad never taught them those bad things, but they'll understand by the word of God their nature, their sinful fallen nature. And then hopefully they will also have heard about Christ who can set them free. These certainties if you abide in His Word, truth brings freedom. You know, a, a man, woman, boy, or a girl who does not know Christ, they do not know freedom. Man, a man does not become free to know Christ to have his sins taken away until he knows the truth. As he grows in that truth and in that knowledge of truth, he appreciates what he has in Christ. Hopefully we appreciate Christ more today than we ever have. Because he has freed us. But again, if you were not in that bad a shape to begin with, then Christ can't be that sweet to you now. But if you're really in bondage, you appreciate freedom. And the more open we become to his truth, the more truth he gives us. Back yonder in the Garden of Eden in Genesis... God put Adam and Eve in the garden. And you know the story. You can read it there in Genesis 2, 16 through 17. The Lord basically said to them, and I'm paraphrasing now, you're you're free to eat from all the trees in the garden. But of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, God put a boundary. God put a perimeter. God said, no, you're not free to eat of that tree. First thing that happens is Satan comes and what does he do? He tempts Adam or tempts Eve and then Adam. He tempts them about their lack of freedom in that area. And basically he says to him, the reason God uh, forbid that from you is because God knows that if you eat of that, you're going to be like Him. And so they saw and they lusted and they took and they ate of that freedom. God said to Adam, you're free. You're free to eat any tree here, the fruit of any tree. But that's the scope of your freedom. You're not not free to go to eat that tree. And then somebody will say, Well, who does God think He is to put that tree off limits? He's God. He created it. He owns it. Only God is free. Only God can do what He wants to do totally. And never conflict His nature, His character, who He is. God created Adam and Eve. He's our Creator. Preacher, I don't like it that God says I can't do this or that. Well, I'm sorry. He's your creator and you have to give an account unto him. God said that is not a free area. So what did Eve and Adam do? They went right to that forbidden area, partook of it and placed themselves in bondage. The bondage of sin. And those chains have been passed all the way down to every newborn babe that comes out of its mother's womb. The moment they ate and partook, the moment they went beyond that freedom... They went into invisible chains of bondage that brought about death and heartache and suffering. Murder came in their home. They hated God and wanted nothing of God's way and God's will. I've heard people say that sinners are constantly looking for God. The first sinner I read about in the scriptures is not out looking for God. He's hiding from God, attempting to cover his own nakedness with his own righteousness. A clothing. He's tempting to come up with a way to make himself a ple- a pleasing to God without the way of God. Man is there. He's in bondage and chains and he has no freedom. So, you know what God did? God sent his only begotten Son into this world that he could break off those chains and those bond- that bondage of slavery to sin and give us freedom in Jesus Christ. I'm free this morning in Christ. Preacher, are you free to do whatever you want to do, whenever you want to do it, how you want to do it, as long as you want to do it? And how? No, but I am free in Christ to be whatever He wants me to be, to do whatever He wants me to do, as long as He wants me to do it, for His honor and for His glory. That is what freedom is. And Christ came to set us free. Psalm 16, 6 said, The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Thank God for where He has brought us. The definition of freedom is the God given, the God given heart desire and power to do what is right according to the Word of God. That is what Jesus is saying in our text. What, is, what does Jesus say freedom is? It's the God given heart, desire, and power to do what is right according to the word. To God's word. Romans 6.20 For when ye were the servants of sin ye were free from righteousness. Man there's people out here today free from righteousness. They could care less how they live what you think about it and how it affects you. They'd just as soon throw their beer can in your bush in your front yard and in your begonias as that doesn't make a lick of difference to them. They are free from righteousness because they are servants of sin. And there's other people who would never drink, smoke, cuss, dip or chew or run with the crowd that do. But they are so proud they're not like anybody else and they are free in their own sinfulness. But Paul went on and said in Romans 6.21, What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin... And become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's what Jesus said about freedom. That's true freedom. I was going to read this, but I think you know the story well enough. But if you want to read it, you can, you can read it this afternoon sometime at your leisure. I was, I was thinking about what an illustration. Sometimes I look for illustrations. A lot of times I don't. But I thought, what is a, what is a beautiful illustration? What is a biblical illustration of what I've just preached? To leave in your mind, other, other than the Word of God, not in place of the Word of God I've just read, but to help you understand what I've just said about freedom. I think that picture can be found in the 16th chapter of the book of Acts where a man by the name of Paul and a man by the name of Silas, you remember they were in Philippi, and you remember they were arrested for preaching. You remember the story. And they were locked up in the Philippian jail. Without going back and reading the text, they were in chains, stocks, bonds. They were there in that jail. No way for them to escape. They were totally in chains. But if you also read the text, they were singing and they were praising God. You say, why? How? Because when it comes to the real chains and the real bondage, Paul had lost those chains back yonder earlier in Acts 9 on Damascus Road. The chains and bondage of sin were no longer on these men. Though they are literally chained up in the Philippian jail, they are singing and having a worship service and praising God because they are no longer in spiritual chains. Earthly circumstances, they're in bondage. Spiritual circumstance, they are in a saving relationship with Jesus Christ and thank God the chains of sin are gone. Preacher, I get nervous when you talk to my children and my grandchildren about them being sinners and about them being in bondage and about them not having anything good in their life. I, really, it's not me you have the issue with. It's the Scriptures. Because I tell you this, if your children don't ever know who they are and where they're coming from, They'll never know the joy of finding out the liberty in Christ. Here's here's the good news. When that sinner, whether he be 9, 10, 15, 82, when that sinner realizes he is chained up and enslaved by sin, here's the good news. There's a Savior who can absolutely set him free. Set him free. Whom the Son sets free, is free indeed. Verse 36, are free of a certainty and of a truth. Everyone here this morning is either in bondage or you have been in bondage and you've been set free. And I leave you with these before we pray. Romans 8, 1 and 2. Here's the good news once the chains are off. There is therefore now no condemnation To them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law, the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus, hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Thank God we've been made free. This week I saw a 92-year-old man stand before a judge for speeding through the city doing 56 in a 20. He knew the judge. The judge knew him. And they had this recorded because already, they already knew what they were going to do with him. But the 92-year-old man was standing there and the judge had the charges read. He asked the man, he said, Were you doing that? He said, That's what they said. He said, I don't really know what I was doing. He said, Well, where were you going? He said, I don't really know where is I was going. And he said, Well, why? Well, you know, you know, And here's what the judge said. The judge said, I think who you are now and what you don't know is probably more dangerous than your speed. We're in a culture now, church, They don't know who they are. Because preachers won't tell them they're sinners. They just tell them they're pretty good people that need a little tweaking. You don't need a tweaking. You need a brand new birth. You don't need a partially rearranged life. You need a brand new life. And you don't need paroled. You need to be totally set free. And if not, you will die in your bondage. On this weekend in which we think about and celebrate not only political freedoms and personal freedoms, which is legitimate and right to a certain degree. May we as God's children find our place on our face thanking God for the freedom we have in Jesus Christ Father I thank you this morning for the privilege to preach the word of God Lord I'd be sinful if I did not thank you for the personal freedom that I had this day without threat or fear of retaliation to be able to say the things that I've said about Christ thank you for that but Lord I thank you most of all for the truth that I've been able to preach I thank you for the hearts that have heard it for the young children and the unsaved who have for the first time in their life this morning they're now thinking about their bondage and they're going to question their parents about it and they're going to think about it and maybe open your book and try to read and find out more about it, whether or not the preacher was telling them the truth or not about their real sinful condition. And Lord, I pray this morning when they do that, I pray that you and your mercy and your love and your grace, I pray, Father, that you would give them light. Lord, deep conviction over their bondage, but Lord, may the light of your cross shine brightly before them. Lord, may they do as Paul did on Damascus Road as they're bowed in their lostness and sinfulness. May they see the great light and the hope that is in Jesus Christ and may they know liberty as only you can give it. For those of us who have been liberated from sin, oh Father, may we enjoy the liberty we have in Christ Jesus. May we continue as your disciples in truth and may you continue to reveal truth to us from your book and may we know him in whom we've believed and may we be persuaded that he's able to keep what we've committed unto him against that day thank you again for your great salvation and the privilege we have to be your children help us as we go our separate ways bless our homes and families and Lord work in every situation in need to your glory and to your honor we'll thank you and praise you for all you do for it's in your precious name we pray amen